1: I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No,
0: don't. <laughs> Help me! Help!
1: Help! Good morning. Good morning, Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Command Center inside the Melvin Law Studio. A Melvin Law, with fifty years of experience, the only official law firm partner for the Gators. Melan Law won't back down, and of course we have crime prevention. You must worry much less with crime prevention security systems. Uh, contact them today at cpss.net, and we thank our, Reese T. McDaniel, our High Springs attorney, farmer, uh, former member of the Special Forces Airborne, uh, who is uh, sponsoring our mugshots, which have 45,000 views a month. So, we appreciate all that, and now, of course, all our other sponsors who we recognize and our donors, of course, at the bottom of the hour. Well, 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 Uh, things are, uh, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit, of course, locally about local issues here. And as you know, local issues don't really exist in a vacuum. They are reflective of so many other things going on in the culture. Uh, We don't live just in a little island here, as you know, we live on an island in an ocean, by a continent, all that kind of stuff. But One of the things that amuses me about Gainesville and is, you know, Gainesville is populated, as we've said, by uh, a visit from the UFOs about 1947, which uh, dumped out the genetic material for um, the DNA for that which became the population, political leadership especially, of Gainesville. Uh, They dropped that right by the Lake of the Stupids. So... That's where we are, and uh, you know one of the sad things about uh, the way we roll over our leaders and change them and change them is there doesn't seem to be any institutional memory that they pass along to each other uh, from generation to generation or from uh, tenure to tenure or uh, and what reminds me most of it here today, and uh, this has been once again the the band. Who, moved to ban outdoor drinking. Uh, Let me give you a little history of drinking in Alachua County. And I I am a living walking history book in many ways I realize as I get older. And uh, most of us are up until the time of the age, if you can remember, oddly enough, we don't remember much before uh, we're 10. And you know, about 12, 13, it seems we began to really kind of form a memory. But um, those of us who've been around Gainesville recall and I came to the university in 1961 and it was a dry county. There was no drinking in a county, my friends. Period. Well, you could drink beer but you had to be old enough and you had to have either that or a very good ID or you had to have Bars that turned their heads the other way, and the rumor always was, "Well, that's because the beverage agents are paid off. They would come by, supposedly every once in a while, to check randomly who was in the bar drinking. Drinking what? It was known as TCP to us, uh, Tom Cat P. Uh, we, but we didn't call it P E E. We call it P I and that had the double S. And It was so watered down with alcohol content, it was called beer. But one of the things I quickly realized while I was first attending the university is if you had a good time the night before, you had a headache the day after because you'd had to drink so much of the TCP uh, to where you really knew you were having a good time. Generally, you would throw up only once or twice. I'm kidding you not. That's how much of it you would have to consume. And... That was Gainesville in 1961. It was a quote-unquote, yes, dear hearts, a dry county. Well, where could you get liquor? Well, the first smuggling was done by the frat boys who would go across the county line to Ruby's, which is now no longer in business. And why should it be since we're now wet? But uh, you would go down to Ruby's, and Ruby's had positioned itself right up, to the county line between Lodgeville County and Marion County there on 441. There was no interstate, of course. And you could get liquor and then you could bring it back to the fraternity parties. Or you could go east to the next county over and go to Henry's Liquor. And that would be the same thing you could do. So you go east or south. Uh, you never went north to Lake City or a place like that. You went eastern. Um, um, Lake City was uh, known as a truck stop and a a home of brothels. So since there were only seven men to every female, it was not uncommon, believe it or not, for the fraternity boys to get in a car five or six and go to Lake City to find their uh, 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 lady companion. So it was a really weird place. I, I, you know, I got here. I said, wow, isn't this, isn't this something? And uh, the whole idea was, of course, we had just been a boys school up until 1947. We are the boys from all Florida. And, of course, FSU had been the girls school. And it was about seven to one, I'm always told then, males to females. And the flip side was true at FSU. So, And all the girls, uh, women, females, had to live in the dorms. Uh, They could not go out during the weekdays past 1030. And they could go out only with sort of parental permission of the upper class women and stay out till one o'clock on a weekend because the bars did close at midnight. So really, wow, you know, and that's the way it was. And then along came a real pressure on the, the city to, so to speak, grow up. I mean, after all, this is a modern age, is it not? And, uh, you know, we can't get any big-time entertainment here in this community. And the city commission was made up of five people, and they were, and they were really part-time people. They weren't interested in being, quote-unquote, politicians. It was more of a community service. And you generally came from the, um, a, a, the business world to be a uh, member of the Gainesville City Commission. So after a while, the businessmen were sort of convinced that, well, we're going to need big hotels uh, you know, to accommodate the growing population. And uh, maybe we can therefore open this up and make it a wet county. And along about 64, I think if my memory served me correctly, we became a wet county. And concurrently with that, Uh, We also ruled, the the state government did, that uh, universities were no longer loco parenti and the the ladies could be released from the dorms on their own behavior and be held accountable without their parents having to sign off on it because the Buckley Amendment had come along and it said, if you're 18 years old, uh, as a parent, uh, you have no any longer any right To intervene in your child's life because your child is no longer a child unless you have on file with the uh, uh, registrar's office your income tax return where you claim your child as a dependent and the interesting thing about the income tax return is you as a parent can't institute it being there your child has to go to the registrar's office and say please put my parents uh, income tax return in my file so that they see that I'm still claimed as a child uh, on their income tax return. And not, uh, you can understandably not ma- many many uh, students would do that. Uh, so that opened up a lot of things and we began to have hard liquor. But once we had hard liquor, we had bars. And once we had bars, the question then became, well, what's a reasonable time for them to close since we knew in the days when we were a dry county, everything closed at midnight and the only males that would be in those bars from 1030 to midnight. The only uh, patrons who would be in those bars from 1030 to midnight were uh, the males because the females were already better be headed back or in their dorms uh, out of the way of sin because, you know, it really was a very Christian run community then and the uh, church oriented if you will and so um, you know in, in in religion the evil is in the object uh, not the heart which is the real problem with with uh, with the Puritan, puritanical interpretations of the doctrine you see that's why it once upon a time I don't know it matters much now but if you would go get a Uh, a quart of beer, it was popular for us to get a quart of beer, Uh, it would be put into a brown paper bag. And the reason it was put into a brown paper bag is because if you couldn't see the uh, Budweiser label on the side or the Slitz label on the side, uh, therefore you weren't really penetrated by the evil uh, presence of the alcohol because you didn't know the alcohol was present. All you saw was a brown paper bag. So that's all the mislocation of evil and puritanical interpretations of the doctrine. The evil is misplaced. It's not in the object. It's in the heart. So uh, this is all true now. You see it in the remnants of concealed carry. You see that people will say, well, we've got to ban guns. It's the same thing as banning the bottle of alcohol from the view of people by putting it in a brown bag. You see, you have to ban the view because the evil is in that bottle. The same miscalculation is made with guns. The evil is not in the gun. The evil is in the heart of the person who uses the gun. But that's, uh, you know, that's a tough road to climb because there's not a lot of smart people in government. And the average IQ is the average IQ because of the averages. And the average IQ, maybe 100, maybe 100. Um, and that's just, you know, enough to get along. And uh, that, that, that IQ is, is not capable, for those who believe it's a fixed number, of really deeply pondering much. It does okay... It can maybe fill out a checkbook. It can maybe um, pass a driver's license test, that sort of thing. But it's not going to, quote unquote, be your rocket science, your Indian chief, your lawyer, or your doctor. Certainly, hopefully, not your doctor. So uh, here, we, here we are with the misplaced evil in the object rather than the heart. And along comes alcohol to the community. And the question well, how long shall we? as city fathers, because there weren't any mothers then in politics, uh, so to speak, females. Uh, how, how long shall we allow these children, who are really not, guess no longer children, uh, to be out on the town uh, boozing it up? Well, that time for bar closing eventually became 2 o'clock. And, you know, when the interstate came along, Uh, Downtown dried up and uh, nobody's businesses. Chitty's is gone. Uh, Silverman's was gone. JCPenney was gone. Fred Stock was gone. Um, You know, they just kept bailing out because everything was going west and it's still going west. And we still have the problem of what to do with downtown. So one of the original investments in downtown was Lillian's Music Store, which I was very much in on the creative side of that, all through that very beginning of it, the naming of it. I named it. I remember I was in there uh, that night with the guy who was going to buy it. We were in Lillian's music store. It was an actually mu- actual music store, and there were still sheets of music and dusty uh, this and that, and uh, we were in there about midnight. He had the keys to the place. There were no lights, and, and uh, he was saying, you know, I can make this into a pretty neat bar. What am I going to call it? And I said, you got a sign outside. It says Lillian's Music Store. Let's just keep it. So yours truly here named Lillian's Music Store. Um, That probably not very many people in town know that. But that was because that property downtown could be had very cheaply, but you had to figure out something to do with it. And it became a notion that, well, it would become the center of nightlife. And it has been the center of nightlife. It continues to be the center of nightlife. But we have a dilemma. When should the nightlife? No, I've been on the bricks. I call it, the. there are actual bricks down there. And I can tell you that I have been in my younger day. I have come out of some of those places that stayed open, shall we call because of loopholes, until four in the morning. And I have come out sometimes and said, wow, these people are going to work now, so this is what it looks like at this time of morning. You know that's not good. I realized that ain't right. I don't need to be staying up all night just to be in a in a heartbeat of entertainment, even though I named Lillian's Music Store. So I I, I just uh, decided to draw back and study it a little bit. I lived downtown then. I restored historic property. I was on the first uh, one of the first board members. I, of uh, historic Gainesville, I put my money where my mouth was. I bought a downtown block with some partners, um, and so you know I was I could walk to all these places and 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 um, not have to drive. By the way, so it became uh, the only source of income downtown. Primarily were the bars, and then the problem became right quickly that between two o'clock and four o'clock. That's a bad deal. You don't want to let anything stay open before I assure you. And one of the reasons is the slop and the trash that your young people who are supposed to be so socially conscious, right? They care, do they not? Don't the young people care about the trees and the salamanders and the gopher tortoises and don't they whine and bellyache and this and that. One thing about the, the climate change and the sky is falling. You go look at the trash that they leave in the gutters of the downtown. If the bars stay open four, something happens to their brain between two and four. And uh, it, it just it just becomes dislodged. It's not responsible for anything. And so that became a hue and cry. What are we going to do now? We can't leave these things open till four. And there are all sorts of euphemisms for them. They weren't really bars there were bottle clubs or this, that, one thing and another, or there were after hours dance places, this, that thing, and one thing and another. Well, of course, you know what happened, drugs, drugs came in. You didn't really need any alcohol because you had drugs that come to town. So, man, then you really had a recipe for chaos. And so this community downtown has gone through fits and starts of what should be the closing time, Uh, There's one quote from Steve Spurrier that I'll always remember. You know, he's known for his witticisms and his country sayings and his uh, folklore wisdom. And one time the football players, of course, as you imagine, would head downtown and, 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 and invariably there'd be some kind of scuffle between them and the other. You know, however, that dynamics of that work. And Steve one time said nothing good happens after midnight. And he's right. It really is the midnight owl that Wilson Pickett used to sing about. Nothing good happens after midnight. That's why it's called midnight. But there we are. And if you wanna get students involved in politics, they don't get involved on any level other than, I'm talking not these communist Sanko from the law school and all that. I'm talking about your average, everyday student. That student could run for office. If you want to get your student involved with politics or you want to get them out to vote, mess with the time the bars close. So I'm amused by this commission moves to ban outdoor drinking again. Well, now it's outdoor drinking. And outdoor drinking means you can wander from bar to bar with the booze in your hand. And, well, what do you think that leads to? I mean, that leads to liberalized behavior and irresponsible actions in the average cases. It's not even in the extreme cases, it's the average cases. And you can take a look at the trash in the streets and correlate it to the hour and this and that in which it moves about. Now, we know it's a well-kept secret in this community that these students at the University of Florida and Santa Fe could take over the city commission. Imagine that if they had any sense The reason they don't is they don't stay here long enough to be vested in an interest of the community. They're transitory. They're in and out of here in a couple of years at the most, three or four. And so they don't they don't take an interest in anything local um, except drinking and partying. And so then you'll get them riled up. Uh, They'll get you'll get them riled up if they move into these neighborhoods which used to be single family residences and they're being used now by uh, landlords out of town who buy them and turn them into student rentals. And of course, they party hardy uh, all night long. And that has led to not renters rights for God forbid. The renters don't need any more rights. The landlord needs the rights to throw these people out of these houses if they misbehave. And so you have this more than three unrelated rule sprung up here in Gainesville, but they can't, the, the city commission can't get it right. And they probably never will be able to get it right because they've got this perplexing issue of what in the world can you do with downtown Gainesville? You can't do anything with it. Now, there's one thing you could do with it. And I proffered this idea when I was on the historical society, but all ideas only have uh, appropriate measurements when it's Timing is right. If you go to Mexico, if you go to Guadalajara, for example, you will find a place in, Mex- in, in those t- cities, and I'm thinking of Guadalajara, where the downtown traffic automobile is completely banned. And in this area is a multi-block area where... All the best artwork can be purchased. All the best leather craft boot saddles can be purchased. All the best uh, of, of all the crafts are there. And the possibility of having a nice meal and a beverage. No automobiles whatsoever. No government buildings whatsoever. It becomes a mecca for culture. This city of Gainesville, occupied by extraterrestrial life by the Lake of the Stupids, can't get it right. I tried to suggest to them that Gainesville has no, the city has no center. Has no center. So make a center. Let's take right where the college has been built at 6th Street. Let's ban that from all the way east to well, just beyond, you don't go to Kirby Smith. Uh, you don't go to the old, uh, you don't go to the school board office. You go uh, maybe uh, there where the Chamber of Commerce is. Uh, you, and you chain, put chains around all that. And you go up north there, uh, just beyond the, uh, the downtown city commission building. Get rid of that thing or turn it into something else. And chain all that off and create a true center of the city, known for its arts and its crafts and its quality of life, because you can't duplicate that anywhere else. Emphasize your old buildings. Emphasize your historical values. You think I got anywhere with that? No, I got nowhere with that. Absolutely nowhere with that. So every time I see something about banning outdoor drinking again, I think, Oh, boy. And here comes the boy named Lauren who says, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to target the black and the homeless. These people think they can do all things. You can't have both. You can't have vi- viable downtown. And he left out the crime, by the way. You can't have People shooting each other in the parking garages, the homeless and the homeless, the houseless, as Har- Harvey the Thug Ward calls it. You, you, ha- you can't have the houseless standing there badgering you for money uh, as you're going in your furs to the hippodrome. You can't have uh, these black gangs, and their black gangs is what they are, as I say, roaming the streets and populating the parking garages. And expect people of, of qualities, not the right word, but of means to come down and spend their money and enjoy themselves and relax there. It's not going to happen. And even by golly, uh, we no longer have Tony the inept, we have Lonnie Scott, uh, brothers by a different mother, we joke about these things, um, who even he has said, Wake up, Commission, for God's sakes, where do you live? We can't protect you. You have communist Sanko has sat there along with Poodle and the boy who can't remember where he slept last night and the boy named Lauren and uh, Harvey houseless thug, banana pudding Ward, that whole crowd of course Chestnut's just a body taking up a seat there and drawing a government check. Um, You can't Straighten it out, trying to be all things to all people. Which is what they're trying to do. It's just not going to work. Yours truly, who was, along with a couple of partners, was the first to invest and who named Lillian's. Okay. So, and who is responsible for Ken McGurn being here because my vote on the Historical Society approved him coming. He knows that. I've told him that. So I know that of which I speak. Now, this is a a hopeless situation. I think you're going to see the downtown become even uh, more desperate. I think you're going to become, you're going to see the commissioners become even more inept, uh, less able to govern. Keep it quiet or the students could take over the commission, but they're not they don't care enough except when it's something affects them directly. And the only thing that directs them directly is uh, whether or not they're entertained. And other than that, they're they're going to go their own way out of the community. They have no real interest in the community. Fifty five thousand here, another twenty five thirty at Santa Fe. Uh, that's almost 100,000. That's, that's about the same as the population of, of Gainesville on its own. They're not going to hang around and do anything. So, uh, and, and, and the communist uh, Commissioner uh, Seiko Sek, says she, she doesn't want to hurt businesses who have done the right thing. The right thing. The right thing. The right thing. You know, I hear the right thing. From the mouths of these politicians, they're very condescending. Uh, They'll say, well, why don't you do the right thing? What in the world is the right thing? You know, you can't put a square peg in a round hole. So here you got no cops. Here you've got seven commissioners, which is unwieldy. It should never have gone to seven. Uh, Here you've got a misplaced emphasis. Oh, it's going to hurt the black and the homeless and a hungry houseless well okay okay how much money are they going to spend downtown is that what you want how much money are they going to spend downtown well i just had to laugh at that i had to comment on it because yours truly is a walking history book and i just thought it was just too much for somebody with any kind of sense to to, to put up with now Of course, I have never met Kim Tanzer, but I find her to be a very well. She writes well, so therefore she thinks well. There's a correlation. You can't think well and write well. Uh, You know, I'm always amused by people who say, oh, if I just knew I could write it, if I just knew what I wanted to say. No, 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 that's not the way it works. If you knew what you wanted to say, you could write it. The simple test for that is make yourself a grocery shopping list. Now, granted, they're not; those lists are not written in complete sentences, they're not paragraphs, but they—you know what bread means to you. And how do how come bread got on the list? Because you know you wanted to buy bread, so therefore you could write bread. I see some of these people, and I've got a mayor of a town here that I won't mention who's really illiterate doesn't know where a sentence starts, where a sentence stops. And you have to wonder, the the mind must work the same way. I mean, the mind must be as confused as the sentence structure. So when I read Kim Tanzer's writing, it makes sense. And when I get back from the bottom of the hour break, I want to talk a little bit about uh, her position that not only Does the city commission have the wrong emphasis on the financial viability of downtown Gainesville? It doesn't even understand the proper way to make Gainesville attractive to the people who are already living here. Be right back on the Ward Scott Files, stay tuned. This is Ward Scott. And I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files Premium Sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large Enough to Serve You, Small Enough to Care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On The Spot Dry Cleaners, RR construction, and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page, or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. All bees poop. A uh, war Steps. he's gonna come up the steps
0: here he comes oh my goodness and he's huge Shit. hello boy I wonder if we can pet him can hi boy can we touch him no don't
1: help me help help Welcome back to Ward Scott Files, Professor Ward Scott, Professor Warthog here in the Warthog Manly Man Command Center. And uh, we are talking a little bit with you today about local issues, but local issues do not exist in a vacuum. And the whole concept of the economy is the subject I just went through a moment ago with you, using drinking as an example and using college students as an example. Um, right in there with it is um, the whole concept of housing. And I gotta tell you, I, as I say, I've been here since 1961. I've had a broker's real estate license. I've done quite a number of real estate deals. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it and I found it to be an exercise in creativity. I uh, had an opportunity to do it exclusively and and be part of a very successful uh, group. But, you know, I've got this professor in me that loves to go into the library stacks and read classical literature and think about very, very deep and complicated problems. And, you know, while real estate is one of the areas where you can be very creative and where it really helps to have good interpersonal relationships. Because you have subs and you have financial investors and you, you have trust and you have to have your word is good. I never really had any contracts for the stuff I did. I had basically handshake agreements. And uh, I still I'm very big on that. If I catch somebody in something that I think is petty, um, then I don't really want to deal with them because I'm not thinking on the petty level. You know, I'm thinking on a a bigger level, Uh, you know, if I'm putting together a million dollar deal with some other people, I'm not worried about whether you bought coffee last time. Um, That's 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 not even on the horizon. In fact, probably if you bring that up, I don't want to do a deal with you. Um, You'll be nickel and diming me forever. Um, So generally, what I always did was I found reliable people who were intelligent Trustworthy and local, and um, had a very good time um, developing projects with these people. And it was part time for me. I was a full time professor. So, uh, as I say, I had a chance to do it full time with some very, very good people. It's one of the reasons why I'm able to sort through the Protros, Riles, uh, Bossheart thing so easily and quickly is that I know all these rules and regulations. So, uh, I'm, I'm able to bring a, a trained eye to the situation. But um, th- this uh, ch- changing development scene of Gainesville is really troubling a lot of people here in this community. I hear it everywhere I go. And, um, you know, we, we have a number of intersections where we see the houseless begging. I thought we had a, people approach me every day and say, didn't we have an ordinance against that? My friends, the law is only good if you're going to enforce it. And already the anti-cop people have dwindled law enforcement's interest. Uh, nobody much really with any sense wants to be a cop. And uh, you, you're stuck with, uh, uh, you know, having to get by with fewer people than you'd like to have. So you've got a lot of anxiety here. One of the things that's happened, of course, is uh, there's some really solid homes and uh, right around the 34th Street area, Newberry Road, extend up beyond 8th, all in that area, that used to be the edge of town. It used to be way out of the country. When I came here, we, I, I mean, my golly, that was, you know, you, you went to there to the edge of town. There were real mailboxes, the whole bit. But there were nice houses, tongue and groove, hardwood floors, uh, real solid construction, not like what I see this construction nowadays. It just, I can't believe what they call wood uh, putting and framing these homes. I mean, man, no wonder you'll see a tornado come through and devastate the place. The the home ain't built out of nothing. We ran out of the heart pine a long time ago. The original virgin forest of this uh, state here is gone. The only place you can find the heart pine now is at the bottom of the rivers, where when bringing the, the heart pine out of the forest, they brought it down on a barge and that which would roll off. There was so much of it that roll off from the bottom of the river. They just left it. Well, now, if you want to have heart pine, uh, you go to these, uh, and there's just a few of them, these uh, lumber yards where they do dive to bring this wood up and bring it back. Uh, it's the virgin wood of the, of the country. No more. You look at the framing of the houses now, uh, better run the other way. And they're expensive. But it doesn't matter to your out-of-town house flipper. I always, I'm going to tell you a secret. I don't believe in house flipping. I, I you know, I, I, it, always, it always rubbed me the wrong way. Because you see, I knew the real value of what that home would be worth six, seven, eight months down the road. So if I went to the owner of the house and said, Let's just make up some easy numbers. Let's And they're real really easy. Let's say I went to the owner of the house. The owner, now this is very dangerous here. If I'm the listing agent, I won't even bother to be the listing agent because then I'll be in trouble. So I'll come to the owner and say, I'll list the house for you. So I list it for $10,000 and then I turn around and buy it for $10,000. And six months later, I sell it for $18,000. Didn't I know, shouldn't I have advised the owner it would be 18000 and therefore to list with me for 18000 So I don't list it. I don't list it. I just go and say, you know, I just like to buy the house for myself. So I buy the house. Sometimes I may have to, not very often though, I may have to rent it for a while uh, to get back, you know, some, if, I'm, if I'm leveraging it off of mortgages. Uh, and there's ways to do that. So, but if I've got enough cash and I, here's the way, here's how it happened. I form a corporation and I form a real estate investment trust so that uh, Joe, uh, um, Joe Hero, who's sitting on his sofa, uh, watching the games, uh, wants to invest in real estate and doesn't have a broker's license and in, not even a real estate license, he can, invest in what's called a real estate investment trust, which the corporation that will give him a return on his investment, but that corporation will go buy the houses. Now, I can also, if I'm a a listing agent, know that. I, I can know that ahead of time and not disclose that to the buyer. And you know, later on, I'm owning the home. I bought it myself. I'm not even a listing agent. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't do it as a listing agent. Plus, I wouldn't do it, period. But I'd go buy that house and then six or seven months later, I'd sell it to the corporation, which buy the house pretty much for whatever I, you know, I offer it for because I know the limits. I know the ranges and these corporations come in and buy up neighborhoods. And and that's in best of all worlds, it would be the way to save the neighborhood, but that's not what the corporations are interested in. Because these are single-family residences. Uh, they're not really interested in three unrelated is all you're going to get out of single-family residence in Gainesville because of, of the, of the landlord-tenant things they've done here. Uh, so what we'll do is what we did there with where, the, where the swamp is and where all those homes were, which were once prized homes because they're right near the university. You have to go back to the 30s and the 40s to see that. But they've rented them. And uh, then What happened is the owner moved out to a bigger home and kept that home and leveraged off that home and rented it to students because they're a captive audience. But along comes a big corporation and says, we'll just buy the whole block. We don't care really what the price is. We'll just buy the whole block. Because those little single family houses are not worth anything to us. We're going up. And so they go, they go down and beat up on the city commission. And the city commission approves it. The first time I ever heard it was done by Ed Braddy, Rick Bryant, that bunch. They went up six to make the standard there at the university in 13. And now we've transformed the city. And what we've done is we've squeezed the homeowner out. We've squeezed the homeowner out of the rental business. And we've squeezed, you know, there's no starter homes because that was a good place to go get a starter home. You could go get a home per, hey, what, tongue roof, hardwood floors, concrete block. Hey, you know real trusses, uh, you know, you you could, you could start. And then what you could do, you yourself could build equity and develop a nest egg and go buy another home. That's what a starter home is. Well, you know, we're not we're taking away, and Kim Tanzer understands this. She understands this. We're taking away the starter homes. We're taking away uh, the initiative for people to invest in their community, live there, and care about it. The corporation doesn't care anything about the community, doesn't live in the community. If you think that owning your own property makes a difference, go look at neighborhood watch signs. The reason you will see neighborhood watch signs, you see fewer and fewer of them, by the way, because there are fewer and fewer neighborhoods. But if you went and saw a neighborhood watch sign, what that neighborhood consists of is homeowners and neighborhood watch. I could give you an example of the street. The guy at one end of the neighborhood watch neighborhood sees a stranger walking down the, the road, and in some of these neighborhoods, you could walk right down. You still can. Middle of the road, they'd never seen before. So that neighbor calls the next neighbor, and all of them down. It's like a party line in the old days of party line phones. And you've got people watching to see who the stranger is to make sure this guy is casing the place. And what's he doing walking in our neighborhood anyway? You know, it's not a cut through. A whole bunch of questions get generated. That's only possible with neighborhoods. Once you have corporate ownership, nobody cares. You just, just don't care. You're, you're not vested in ownership. Ownership is everything. Ownership means you care. You've got your your life in it so we've turned around and flipped this thing in Gainesville to renter's rights renter's rights well who whom does that affect it affects the corporations because the individual landlords have left they can't afford to put up with these onerous regulations from this stupid Gainesville city commission that says you're not keeping the house up to standards for these students. You know why most do? Because the students tear them up. Students are notorious for tearing up property. Notorious. That's not to say they're not good students. But you better have a darn good background check system. You better have a darn good ability to check references. Otherwise, you've you got to take whatever happens to be in town that day. And the stories of destructive students vastly outnumber the stories of good student renters. Everybody knows that in the business. So what happens is generally corporations and gentrification takes over and you destroy these homes. Now, where it's really been interesting is where the black folk have objected. The black folk around Porter's Quarters and also on the north side of the road, back in there by Fifth Avenue, own those homes. It's their neighborhood. But guess what? They're in the way. Are they not? Of what? Now, when you take that person out of that home who lives at home, may not look like much to you, but it's, hey, it's their home. Got a porch. Got You know, it's got a A lot. Got a little yard. Got a dog. Got a school district. And when you come along and dislocate or dislodge or relocate those people, you ain't got no place to put them. You've got no place to put them. So what's happened is the city has created its own conundrum. Now on the one hand, Kowtowing to absentee ownership of its property and giving breaks to corporate ownership, it's dislodged its residence and has no place to put them. Okay. Kim Tanzer understands that. Kim Tanzer should be the mayor based upon her uh, reasonable cerebral functioning. And she has this statistic in her article, which was in the Gainesville Sunset. I pay attention to what she says. In Florida, around 20 percent of single family homes were purchased by corporations last year. And this, as I just said, forces a generation of potential homeowners to rent instead. Well, that's potential homeowners. How about the black couple down on uh, northwest 3rd Street up towards 8th, in that area there by the church and all that business, where are they going where they can buy a home? When the home's prices low end right now, Two three
0: $300,000.
1: So this mixture, as Tanger says, of free market and new urbanist theories. You know why so much stuff takes here place with these new urbanist theories? These graduate students from these universities that study quote unquote new urbanism and that, all that jazz are taught that if you want to go practice your theories, go to Gainesville, they're suckers for anything you want to try. And they do, they come here. So, meanwhile, you've got a boy named Lauren saying he's trying to end systemic racism. This has got nothing to do with racism. It has everything to do with stupid economics. And let me give you some examples, and you've seen them. Take a look at the CBS on the corner of 23rd and 43rd Northwest. It's two-story.
0: But there's no second story.
1: It's just got a hot why, Because some new urbanist theorist said, we ain't going to approve your CVS unless you make it look as if it's this big, tall building. There's no function. They got to heat and cool it. Go to 16th Avenue and 441 there, which is 13th Street on the southeast corner and look at that CVS. It's two-story. There ain't nothing upstairs. Go down to Southwest 16th and 13th on the southeast corner and look at the colonnade and all that crap in front of the CVS. It don't mean nothing. Meanwhile, roads don't get built. You've got empty storefronts that are too busy as Tanzer points out for small businesses, inconvenient for shoppers. And now they're talking about eliminating single family zoning. This is nuts. It's nuts. But you know, there's all kinds of people like us around here who don't have a say-so in the matter. I don't live in Gainesville. I don't go into Gainesville any more than I absolutely have to.
0: And I dang sure don't go downtown.
1: Even though I used to live downtown and help develop downtown. I developed two big projects downtown.
0: But I don't go there, I don't go down there. So
1: you tell me, how many ways can a commission fail? It's incredible. It's just incredible. The other thing that gets me is this notion that the UF is hampered in its ability to attract the next president. This is some crap that uh Carl Ramey spews out on, on a systematic way. His brain is locked on less left misinformation. So anything you read uh by him, you can read. It's like reading um uh, Cunningham, Um, well, I don't know if they ever thought very deeply about anything because that require, you know, a little higher IQ than the DNA they inherited from the 1947 UFO landing. So uh, they're marginal, maybe 110 somewhere in there. Um, They're not real bright. So here you read that, uh, well, be. we can't find a new president. And all this goes back to DeSantis and Republicans, you understand. Uh, we can't build a world of higher education that matches UF's ascending national reputation. Do you know what the ascending national reputation means to the locals? Nothing. What means something to the locals is the economic impact of the university on the local community. How do I know that? Because I worked with Senator Graham on Amendment 11, and we did a lot of research on that. What does a university mean to it, the community in which it resides? And Senator Graham was was surprised. We were all surprised that what matters more than its, quote, national academic reputation. Is its impact on the local community, after all. We gave the land to the university. It's a land-grant university. And that means it's off the gum tax rolls. So who makes up for the tax loss? We do the residents of that city, which I'm not a resident of anymore. But I do on property, and it get me that way. So we carry the ball, to use that metaphor for the university. What does the university do for us? Does it put more people in our restaurants? Does it put more people in our theaters, our clothing
0: stores? That's how we measure the impact of the university.
1: And as Plantation Mark points out, once upon a time, the most influential voice on the university campus was IFAS, the Institute of Food and Agricultural Science, because this state was an agricultural state. Now what this dude, Ramey, is talking about is finding some computer wizard like Fox, who's not from here, to be the president. Who doesn't have any roots in the state of Florida, doesn't have any, although he does claim, I heard him in a speech say, that his dream, when he gets through with all this academic stuff, is to go back to the farm which he came and to own his own tractor. Can you imagine this? This guy is a computer wizard. He was hired for that reason, and yet he wants to return to the rural
0: life. Okay? This
1: university is an IFAS land grant university. National standings don't mean a darn thing. IFAS means a lot because the research that goes on in the Institute of Food and Agricultural Science influences what you get at your local store, what you get at your local restaurant, because we do research on cattle, we do research on citrus. We do research on all these. I was chair of the Rural Concerns Advisory. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, I know what I'm talking about. You've never had a talk show host. And you're, you can't find one in America that is as versatile as I am. You can't. I've looked for them. You can't find them. I really need to be on a national platform somewhere. But, you know, I'm too old. I ain't going to start all that. But I'm telling you, There's not a lot I haven't participated in. I've coached, I've taught, I've researched. I've had real estate licenses.
0: I don't know. It goes on and on.
1: So, also, the university used to be known for its... Arts, it developed a civilized citizen of the state. OK, we've been talking on these shows about where has this civility gone? Well, it's gone with the abstraction of human life. Now, human life exists as artificial intelligence. It, it, it exists as snippets of information. I don't. I look at Twitter. I, I'll be darned if I can figure out the attraction of Twitter. I have not. I've never read anything on Twitter that even remotely interested me. I don't know what the big deal is. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm missing something. It's just little burps of information. They're not even information. I think it's just self. They just want to draw attention to themselves. I know somebody who used to. I haven't seen him lately. Used to post out there every day. I think the only reason he did it was so people remembered his business. He didn't have anything to say. So we've lost this interpersonal relationship, this ability to sit down at a table and, and look at each other and talk it over. And, and that all came out of what was once rural life, which this was an agrarian state. Now we're not. We're a huge urban megalopolis. And so, no, it's not going to be. What are you talking about? Ramey, of course, the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. It's going to be hard to find him, president. I got a sentence out of his article. Oh, here we go. What's really at stake is whether Florida's most elite institution of higher learning. Now, that's questionable. University of Central Florida. These universities have got. But, you know, University of Florida is the land grant deal. So, OK, we'll take it elite. Institution of higher learning. Well, okay. And one of the nation's leading public universities, what does that mean? Leading public universities? Will be successful in finding a new president whose acclaim in the world of higher education matches UF's ascending, ascending national reputation. Wow, that is really going out on limbs that is really making up some word soup, as we say in the language business. It's about all I got to really talk about with you today. I never really nudged the needle off a local, but local is national. I appreciate you tuning in, and I hope you have a nice day. Warthog Command Center out.